Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Good evening and welcome to the History of Germany podcast. I got to jump in really quick and say, I think my audio was off. I'm not sure. I think I was talking into a different microphone or something in this episode. It's not too bad, but I do apologize. And the other thing, upon uh, deliberation, I thought we will skip one episode we had planned or a couple episodes, namely about like Vikings and the Viking impact of like German Germany, German villages up, you know, up the, like raids up the Rhine and all the way up to the Danube and just really all like even in Italy and all parts of German speaking worlds were somehow impacted by uh, Vikings for a while. I mean, it was a danger that, you know, it was, an, it was just the scourge, the scourge of Europe. But instead of doing that, there's there's just great other podcasts out there that handle the Vikings. Um, one that I've listened to myself is the History of Vikings podcast. There's there's more than one actually, uh, but the History of Vikings is great. Noah runs a fantastic podcast and covers not just the history but also like the myths. Um, my Saxon episode was popular when I described the pagan beliefs and the the history of Vikings has a lot more of that, but also up to the point where we are in the chronological order, just like exactly some thousand years ago. I'll add the link to the show notes. It's just thehistoryofvikings.com, but this allows us to jump ahead a bit and get to some of the other topics on the list. All right. <laughs> Welcome to the History of Germany with Judith Strusenberg and Travis Dow. I'm Judith and the last few episodes we were about the Salian dynasty. A bunch of Henrys and a Conrad. The dynasty, the last real Frankish dynasty in Germany, ruled the Holy Roman Empire for a whole century with many challenges like constant revolts and the whole investiture controversy thing, which we spent several episodes on. But just listen to the last episodes for all of that. Exactly. It was tough for the Salians, but we talked about that for the last several episodes. And finally, Henry V died with no hairs and... Now we'll move on to the chaos that always happens in a dynastic shift. Now, for a century, we've only been with the high and mighty, kings and popes and nobles, uh, the rich, basically. But what was going on outside the castles? How did society change and how did um, like German culture develop in, in that hundred years? I dug up an article in German that described the lives of the average German in the 11th century. And uh, we got a quick summary for you. Along with the social fabric, uh, the rural life also changed. The farmers pushed the wilderness further back and made their environment in which they lived a rebel. They um, could plow a rougher terrain that had defied previous attempts through the use of new agricultural equipment 
and they made a transition from the two uh, to three field economy, which uh, is a big improvement on agricultural yields in general. That means more food easier grown. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. People were happy. They were full. Yeah. yeah. With less work. More more food. That's that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of a economic boom. Gen- I mean, you know, population growth. People are people yeah. are growing. Yeah. But this only worked uh, together. The farmers uh, who lived in a village they organized cooperatively and in a farmstead protected by palisades, of which were on average uh, about seven in one village. The whole life of a large uh, family consisting of uh, 20 to 30 people took place. And all the work of the everyday life uh, was done here. Uh, baskets braided, wagon mm-hmm. wheels repaired, skins tanned, and together the well and the village green were used. Even a small church with cemetery or like uh, something like that mm-hmm. already belonged to, to a salient village. Every American town has a Dairy Queen. Every salient village had a small church with a cemetery. It's like a franchise. <laughs> but uh, not only the villages uh, changed, uh, also uh, big cities like Nuremberg uh, were founded. Nuremberg, uh, we will talk about it more often, I think, um, when it's about uh, German history. Often uh, the new cities were built in in the protection of castles or they were built around a royal palace or a bishop. Oh, bishopric. Yeah. Uh, The population grew and people took more and more uh, responsibility within uh, their environment. Accordingly, uh, new urban self-confidence developed in in the cities and the center of the cities were the markets. Merchants and craft guides gained an influence and quarreled uh, trading privileges from the kings. Uh, Nuremberg is a great example for this. Yeah, you you said like urban self confidence, uh, like uh, instantly because we we met in Nuremberg, like we were yeah. hanging out in Nuremberg, and that we got the tour where they're like, yeah, these these like nouveau riche merchants, like there, so there, that's where the market was. So there's the market in the middle of the town, and they got rich just from the trade, and yes. they didn't need nobility or you know they had enough money to build their own castle, and there was they you know their so, own nobility and their. Yeah. Uh, they showed uh, their rich richness, their wealth, yeah. uh, uh, along with uh, their uh, noble houses, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah. And this was yeah. So this was the beginning of that time. So yep. basically, the Salian dynasty was the 11th yep. century, more or less. You know, so the 11th, like, and it's it's interesting because that's a. So we're about to do an episode on the Crusades. That was at the very end of you know started at the very end of the century, and. For English speakers, everyone kind of like, oh, it's 1066 Battle of Hastings, and then that's the mm. that's the beginning of the Norman Age, um, also where there was agricultural changes and a lot of like technologies came from France. You know, life changed, and so it's that you know all over Europe, I guess uh, we do see some some just changes, just you know societal cultural changes, um, all these things that happened in the last hundred years, the investiture controversies, and now the you know. Um, uh, it is really interesting when we get to the Crusades because it's this exact time and these um, really 
pious people going village to village and, and everything. That's all right now, this this time. So we are talking now the Salians, because they're dead now. So to, to summarize them, uh, it's 1024 to 1125, so 101 years, sorry. But yeah, no, so they made, and it's kind of like the autos before them, the, the little fingers. Um, the Salians had like four German kings, emperors, a hundred mm. years. It's very similar, like the last... German dynasties are very consistent. And maybe it's a German mm. thing. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but like four German kings and emperors, um, Conrad II, and then three Heinrichs, which is kind of like there was a Conrad or Henry I and then three Ottos. So now we have a Conrad II and three Heinrichs. Um, that's Henry III, fourth, and fifth. And mm. that's the same investiture controversy, Heinrichs, Henrys. And then this is kind of the high middle ages conrad's reign is the high point of medieval imperial rule and a relative resting like peaceful phase of the empire um otto the second maybe was like one of the maybe one of the times where the emperor was the most powerful like in a dictator sense maybe since like charles the great but Conrad, yeah, it just kind of went downhill from <laughs> from Conrad <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, where yeah, I mean, we so if you if you did listen to the last epi episodes, you know, but it, when when you did said like constant strife, constant revolts, and everything, it's like constant, like all the Henrys all the time dealt with um, basically civil wars. So um, yeah, we have. You know, the, the Burgundians came in to the this Reichsverband, the imperial order, sort of. And the idea of the trias, the tria regna, like the royal triad, the royal, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's the the triad. Like, you guys know what that means, right? It's, it's three. So there's you got the East Frankish, German, the Italian, and the Burgundians. Um, so East Frankish is German. So you got Germans, mm -hmm. Italians, and Burgundian, like French. Um, and that all, so that kind of became this idea of like the German Empire, the Holy Roman Empire is this mm. tria regna. So the, yeah, you have the emperor over uh, these kingdoms, so to speak. Um, and again, it's, you know, Germans pretending to be Romans, Roman emperors, kind of. <laughs> Kaiser is Caesar, you know, so that, that whole thing. Um, yeah, what? Boy, we we talked about what else? Okay, what what else did we do? <laughs> like it was a, it was actually a busy dynasty. Um, yeah, of course. Um, it was uh, Henry the uh, He was the he was crowned as a child, and he was the yeah. first Salian which was raised to be a ruler. Really, mm -hmm. a powerful testimony of his claim to power and his um, faith. We can still see to um, see today. It's the Spire Cathedral. We uh, made a heirloom episode about it. Yep. It's uh, episode 49, I think, of the History of Germany podcast. Uh, it was quite interesting uh, to talk about um, the cathedral and uh, its long uh, history. It was uh, great. I liked it. If you haven't heard it, you should, I think. Mm -hmm. It's the largest uh, surviving Romanesque uh, church in the world. What can we say about uh, Henry III? In several campaigns he dealt with Poland, he dealt with hung uh, Hungary and he provided in northern Italy uh, for the creation of legal standards that should endure for a 
a long time for really uh, hundreds of years and one could say his reign was uh, stable in the empire and his influence within the church was great he uh, named several popes and at the same time he uh, strengthened the power of the church with mm -hmm. lands and money yeah this decision was maybe not the best one could do uh, so he um it was great for him yeah exactly i was like it's good for him <laughs> just, yeah. was it like a good idea long term or for the grandchildren maybe but yeah yeah like yeah give the church money they're loyal to you but uh yeah his yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> someone um who had to deal with uh this decision was his son was henry the fourth yeah yeah, he is uh, well known for his uh, walk to Canossa in 1077. It is said uh, that he stood for three days barefoot in winter and an, a hair yeah. and shirt in front of uh, the castle where the Pope was in uh, to, to beg for forgiveness. Yep, the, the yeah. walk to Canossa, I just want to point out, and the English version that... Don't underestimate this story because maybe it never even happened or maybe it happened in a, you know, it was like premeditated. The Pope and Emperor said, hey, this is how you're going to uh, do your retribution sort of thing. Um, it's just, but it's a great I, story. Well, I'm bringing yeah. it up because in German speak, like German speaking worlds, it's debated. Like um, Americans or, you know, people that, I don't know, people that aren't that engaged with Holy Roman Empire history might just like, oh, that's a neat story. The, you know, it's a neat story. The king goes on his knees to the Pope and begs for forgiveness. It's like, no, this is a, this is a deep story with many layers and many centuries of discussion mm. of uh, various, like, should he have done that? Was it right or wrong? Did it even happen? And yeah, it's just kind of like, uh, I think it's, in yeah, it's interesting that in the English speaking world, it's like, oh yeah, he wore a hair shirt. Oh, that's, that's neat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. It's like, this crazy pivotal moment in German history. Um, yeah. yeah, And it's a fun yeah. story. It also yeah. kind of, if you're telling the story of the investiture controversy and like the wars between the popes and anti-popes and, and Germ you know, Kaiser and anti-Kaiser and, and this whole allegiance, then yeah, the whole, this was the whole climax of that like dramatic, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to make a Hollywood movie about the investiture controversy, then the walk to Canossa is the dramatic <laughs> climax of that movie. All yes, right. Awesome. That's, yeah. yeah, that's, that's how you, and again, it's just this, this war of like, who can, oh, it's a war of power. Like who can appoint bishops? And you yes. know, that means the bishops are going to be loyal and yeah. So I think um, uh, the story of Henry the fourth is uh, a story one could make a Hollywood movie of. He was, uh, yeah. I'm sure uh, there are movies about him in Germany even. Like, I know, you know, there's the ZDF, like, documentary and stuff. Like, you can see the dramatized, drama maybe even in English, by the way. Uh, Die Deutschen is, like, a miniseries by ZDF. And I think there, there's ZDF documentary, like, ZDF documentaries mm -hmm. in English, too. So... Um, yeah, you could see it dramat like I watched it dramat dr dramatized. You know, he's like going through the snow, walking on his knee or barefoot at least, and then like on his knees and like oh, 
And then, yeah, and then you see a historian saying, like, maybe it never even happened. You know, so. But, maybe, yeah. but uh, not yeah, only this uh, story. He, he was, uh, yeah, not uh, the easiest uh, guy. And all the Henry, it seems like, yeah. Then also his son, they all suffered from, like, attitude problems or something. Yeah. Like, everyone yeah. just kind of ends up hating the Henrys. So, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> they're kind of, yeah, they're kind of jerks. So, um yeah so maybe that just had to happen maybe that was like okay i'll support you again but you need to show this humility so yeah yes you think that uh the son of henry the fourth henry the fifth uh took uh, his father to prison uh, to get a king by himself i mean wow what Mm-hmm. kind of family is this uh, mm-hmm. and then he did the and then he became his father like everybody hated yeah, him yeah he so. ended up yeah. uh, being yeah. uh, worse than his father yeah and, and i think that kind of ties into like if you look at henry the fourth he he might have in in this whole dynasty the whole all of the salians henry the fourth might have the most complicated legacy or the most um like controversial controversial yeah but yeah it's like like some people think he was great maybe like one of the best you know kings of that time emperors Um, ever emperors yeah just in german history and like very politically astute and everything and you know yes and they and they would then say he was just given a very difficult hand like he just had to everybody hated him and blah 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 other historians say no he was a scumbag. <laughs> he, he was a low life, you know, greedy, spoiled. And, you know, the truth is probably both. I mean, it just depends on who you of asked course. and, you know, who his friends were and, you know. But, um, yeah, he's really one of those, like, splitting characters that historians are just really, they disagree on the whole assessment of, of him. So Yeah. Is, it, is Henry the Fourth that was kidnapped? Yeah, Henry the Fourth was yeah, kidnapped. Yeah, he was as a kid. kidnapped as a child. That whole drama. Them. Yeah, oh, that's such a great. Yeah, he definitely should be in movies like all the time. Kidnapped by the Archbishop of Cologne, and you Cologne is a fantastic. Totally I love hear the city of the Cologne. Episode about um, this. Uh, we 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 talked about this uh, great story. By the way, I almost got a heart attack. Like it was too much. I had to guide to calm down, knit some rows. <laughs> but the main thing is what you already said was even his son turned against him his son had him locked up his son ended up taking over right at the turn of the century like the 5th of january 1106 but it didn't like we said it didn't take that long for it tur- no. turns out henry V is just like his dad the first uh, five years were okay um the nobles have full a good decision. He's not as crazy right. as his uh, dad was. But then in 1111, uh, he captured the Pope to extort his coronation. Yeah, and uh, the continuation of the investiture. Did, did, um, he, did he fall off a horse and like there's brain damage and like we don't, you know, there's a, you know, like... A, yeah. Do you know the story of Caligula, like the Roman emperor who like everybody loved ah, and then he had an accident? Well, I forget what it was. A horse kicked him or something. And then when he came out, he was a different person and he thought everybody was out to kill him. And it's Caligula, like, you know, the worst Roman emperor ever. And I'm just wondering, I'm maybe like, is there something the historians didn't tell us? Like it's he just something like this, but maybe it's uh, just a good family tradition. Because, knows. <laughs> because like for five years... <laughs> He's yeah. like, oh, hey, Henry's great. Hi, Henry. And then K- 
kidnaps the Pope. That like, wow. <laughs> that's just like you don't yeah. do that like nibbing by. <laughs> like you, <laughs> that takes some. Uh, you don't do that on a whim. So anyway, yeah, no. I just you know. But he just did it, and from this point on, uh, things went worse. I bet Budler knows. Where's Budler when you need him? It's like yes, of course. It was he yeah. fell off a horse. <laughs> he fell from the horse, and then he became really mean, and he kidnapped the Pope. That's is that my Budler <laughs> accent? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, he was king for a while. Uh, until 1125. Uh, yeah, it's uh, another, yeah, he, okay. He died uh, with just uh, 39, but without a male offspring. And um, here we uh, are at a dynamic shift we talked about uh, at the beginning of this episode. So, no, there are yeah. some major changes. This is, yeah, so we also have like what did we we must have ended with that last time the, the whole concordat of worms it was just three years before his death mm-hmm. where that was the end of the investiture controversy um where he gave up you know he mm-hmm. the the pope kind of won um it was the the king i mean so henry the fourth henry the fifth had to like renounce the the right to install bishops with you know the the whole ring and staff thing um which I think I made fun of as a Harry Potter ring. No, yeah, it's all ringing a bell. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. And so, so now the church has that power. Um, there was a compromise where, like, the king is still there for elections and this and that. So yeah. the king has like a veto right, sort of. If the king's not happy, they can. In any case, yeah. So the invest, but then he dies right away, and he he dies. And uh, before he uh, died at his deathbed, he us. Uh, transferred uh, oh, yeah, the affairs that's... of state to Henry II. It's another Henry II, of course. Um, the Stauffer Henry II. And he was regarded as the most promising candidate for his successor and nothing came of it. He was uh, just too sure of his case and acted accordingly arrogant and uh, had trouble with Adalbert of Mainz, also a very powerful and political, powerful adversary. Mm -hmm. This was good for the man we are looking at now. Lothar from Sublinburg. Yeah. This This Sublinburger. Now, but do remember Heinrich II, Henry II of... um, uh, Henry the Second. He's not like King Henry. Henry the Second. He's a uh, Henry the Second of like Swabia. The point is, uh, remember this Henry character and the name Staufa and Hohenstaufen, um, because they're gonna come back. Like you've heard of Barbarossa and all. Like they're definitely we're gonna hear about this th- them again. And spoiler alert: I think it's important to note that the next dynasty. Um, the next dynasty of like several kings is not the Zuplenburger. We're gonna. This episode is about Lothar from Zuplenburg, but it's it's the Staufer, the Hohenstaufen dynasty. So that's like, hmm, that's interesting. And I I want to give you that spoiler because first of all, Wikipedia already has that spoiler. It happened a thousand years ago. It's not a spoiler. And second, um, it it's interesting to keep this whole thing in mind because Lothar is kind of an interesting character because who is Lothar? If if he's not a, a Salier and he's not a Staufer and 
Um, if you look in, you know, the list of emperors, the Suplenburger dynasty is one guy. So what's going on here? Um, and it's, and so it is interesting to note, or that's why it's interesting to note that, yeah, the whole time there's this guy called Henry II of the Stauffa clan mm-hmm. uh, who is like, what is happening? Like, I should be the next king. Henry V said I should be the next king. What is happening? Um, so just, uh, yeah, remember, just, that's always came. happening. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's always this guy in the shadow, this sneaky Stauffa. <laughs> I said sneaky Stauffa on on Twitter for some reason. I don't remember why, but there's those Stauffa are sneaky for sure. Anyways, anyways, yeah. So, <laughs> so, 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 what, what, where's, where, what is, what, uh, where am I? You did. <laughs> Where are you? You are uh, east of Brunswick. Um, you're at a marsh castle. Uh, today, only the church is uh, preserved. Near the castle, the Salzweg uh, or a salt road, like mm-hmm. a silk road, uh, passed on an old north-south trade route from um, the 11th century on. It was crossed here from the east-west trade route from Brunswick uh, to Magdeburg. Now, this, the Salt Road is crazy cool because it turns out the Salt Road is like goes way back to prehistoric, uh, like yeah. f- just Celtic times, like Hallstatt yes. cultures and all that. So, I, like, I just, oh man, I love it. I love it. Anyways, so yeah, <laughs> between Braunschweig and Magdeburg and on the Salt Road, the Salt Road goes north-south. So, uh, very cool. But that's, yeah, yeah. so that's Suplenburg. It's a yes, marsh it's, castle. It's, it's a marsh castle. It's a mud castle. Oh. Great. <laughs> and around 1130, he gave uh, the castle away to the Knights Templar. Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, it's, it's a fascinating story. And after the dissolution of the uh, order in 1312 by Pope Clement V, the Sublenburg uh, came to the Brunswick Dukes and the Dukes handed it over um, to the Order of St. John, in whose possession it uh, remained until 1820. And it uh, was used as a uh, commandery and as a stable, I think. Um, yeah. 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 So it, you know, must have been like Napoleonic Wars that yeah. like all that stuff got dissolved and yeah. So, but that's wow! Like some or some knights order around yes. that until 1820. 1820. Like <laughs> there was already my ancestors were already like on the west coast. Well, no, not quite, but <laughs> almost. Uh, that's crazy. Um, and it yeah. was here uh, when Lothar was born in 1075 during the Saxon Rebellion. And his father was fighting Henry IV when he died on the return of a successful battle against uh, troops loyal to the Emperor. Right. So uh, Lothar was born after his father was killed yeah so he was born in that that's kind of important is that henry the fifth i suppose would not have picked lothar as a uh as as the next king because he he was on the wrong side his dad was on the wrong side in the in the civil war so yeah Yeah. that's kind of like he was born in civil war It's, it's just kind of a neat story 
Um, but it wasn't just his dad. He was he was shrewd, clever in his own right too. Mm. And the reason uh, they uh, chose Alotha was not uh, because he was very a strong person or mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. clever. They all thought he was a weak yeah. emperor, and he was uh, quite old um, at yeah. his election. He was uh, 50 years, and so they would have thought, oh, uh, well, he won't make it long, no. It's totally like modern popes, like Pope Benedict and like, hey, let's get some, we don't want some young radical that's going to stir up trouble. No, no, no. Let's get some old (laughs) figurehead that we can control. I mean, that's totally, that's exactly what it is. Let's get some old Zuplenburga that doesn't have any errors. It well this time, but But yeah, but that's the idea. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And so, um... They elected uh, a lodger as a new king, and uh, one could imagine uh, Frederick uh, the second, the Stauffer, yeah. was not very cool with this uh, decision, and so uh, yeah, struggles uh, took place. Those started sneaky, from sneaky Stauffer. <laughs> but yeah, so now so Lothar ends up uh, crowned. Let's see. So yeah. he now. So there's already, there's already, there's already like sneaky Stauffas going, like trying to gain support in Italy. Um, it doesn't work out. Conrad but, III, yes, it's, yeah. it's uh, Frederick's brother. Right. Yeah. So it's this yeah. whole clan of yeah, like the Stauffas are definitely a political, politically strong. Um, I mean, yes. you know, spoiler alert, they're the next dynasty. But yeah, so this is like. Um, now, now Lothar gets like support from Nuremberg and Speyer, and uh, Stauffer gets tries to get support in Italy, but it fails. Like Lothar really is able to, um, you know, he's he's fine. He's a one man dynasty, but he but he's fine. Yeah. So uh, let's take a look. Uh, who was this guy? Who Gephardt. are we talking about? His name's about? Gephardt. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Oh, for his father was Count Gephardt. Gephardt. Yes, yes, yes. It's a name you don't hear too much these days. Yeah, we told uh, that uh, his father died before he was born. And it was in 1106 when Henry V appointed him Duke. Some historians say that Henry V wanted uh, to use a weak Duke. And for one, he had Lothar, who had until then only a small possession. Mm-hmm. So, same idea, you know? Yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. The first time someone made a wrong decision. We, he was um, at the other side, not uh, at the side of the Salians. So, eventually, uh, he did help out Henry V against this... Uh, lower like Rhine Westphalian opposition. So, so oh yes, yes. You know he was able to. Yeah, he helped. He was on the emperor's side on some civil wars, I guess. And then of course, so we, I don't know if we really mentioned this, but Lothar was clever as far as like politically, as far as, like even like marriages and um, you know just just gaining buying land. Like just he was he was good at. He was a kind of real estate mogul in a way. Uh, you know so he was just good at. He had a good business sense. 
Um, and just everyone looked at him and said, oh, he's old, he has no heirs, no children, so mm -hmm. let's, let's put him beneath me, but in power, and, you know, he was always, but he was clever, and so they always underestimated him. Um, let's put him yeah. to power, and we don't have trouble with another dynasty, and, uh, another four or five kings who uh, won't, uh, get, a, get away from power, um. Right, it's 1125, uh, the four... Now, I really want to do a whole episode on just, like, how this worked, because people are... It comes up a lot, like, how is the Holy Roman Emperor elected, and how does this... Because it kind of changes over time. But in this case, there's, like, four tribes, sort of, uh, four counties, like Saxon, yes. uh, Swabia, Frank, Franconia, Franks, and, and Bavaria. Yep. Um, no... Badenza. <laughs> sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> they all had to, uh, to agree to the new king. And um, Lothar had a daughter. And so he uh, said uh, to the Saxon duke um, that he could uh, marry his daughter Gertrude and uh, the son of Henry the Black if he would make him king. Now, when, when this happened, even Frederick... Uh, so the Stauffas, like, paid homage. He was accepted as the king of Germany. Um, there was an official coronation by the Archbishop of Cologne, that so which happened in Aachen. As so it was, like, fully done deal. This is, this is what happens. Now, hold on. Now, we're going to come back to the conflict with the Stauffa and everything, but let me take a quick break right here, sneakily right in the middle of the podcast, and... Um, just to let you guys know that we've been really lucky to get some support for the show. Like the, we now know that we can we can keep doing this, and we're getting financial support to, especially help our buddy Imad, um, who's translating the show into Arabic. And uh, his idea was so he's in Egypt, but uh, his idea was to translate this in Arabic for Syrian refugees living in Germany, which is amazing. And um, we now pay him through sponsors, which is doubly amazing because <laughs> I'm broke uh, so please do stay tuned to the show but to help us keep afloat please uh, yeah listen to these these fine messages from our sponsors this part's about three minutes if you do want to skip ahead but we really appreciate if you listen much thanks to Studio of Sweden, the great makers of super snazzy headphones. They, they sent me a pair. They're the, by far the best headphones I own or have ever owned. And there's a promo code that they gave us, which is Alchemy15, because we do the History of Alchemy podcast. Alchemy15. So if you go to studio.com, S-U-D-I-O.com, check out their headphones. They, they, just have, they have amazing like Bluetooth headphones. They're really affordable for the quality. They they are, like I said, the best headphones I've ever had. Um, that's studio.com alchemy15 is the promo code. And online great books, stop by. There was a promo code TRA, like my name's Travis, uh, onlinegreatbooks.com forward slash TRA. Uh, when there's slots available, that's a great way to get classic books. You They pick like a book a month and they send you a free book. Um, well, if you have a membership, it's not exactly free, but yeah, you get, again, it's, I think it's like 15% off. 
and it's only a limited time too, but it is kind of a neat thing where they also give you the tools to get to, to read the book, enjoy the book, get the most out of the book. There's kind of a, you're sort of part of a book club or uh, seminar classes that you can kind of um, hear more about the book. Um, and then just like apps, like tools to, to kind of uh, keep you going and reading, like keep you on a schedule. Uh, to get through the classics like it's just it's more than just classic books but it's a whole kind of schedule and service around it onlinegreatbooks.com forward slash tra if if the if the promotion's still going on and i'll mention all the sponsors in the show mo- show notes and again they really do help us out uh keep the show running the show is not free and on that note there are new designs like the astronomical clock of prague there's new, new history of alchemy merch in the merch shop that's podcastnick.com which is again it's all in the show notes and that's it see that wasn't so bad thanks so much um. <laughs> and we're back all right sorry yeah with new conflicts uh, they broke out uh, with uh, Duke F- Frederick II when he refused uh, to surrender lotter goods. Uh, we remember Henry V uh, gave him some uh, some goods, and now he uh, refuses uh, to hand them over to Lotter because he is still a little, let's say, not amused about the elections. Okay, so yeah. exactly. This is that battle that I kind of barely mentioned before where, yeah, Lothar kind of ends up getting um, support from, like, Nuremberg, and there's... Yes. It's a civil war again. But mm. um, there's a... Yeah, so, now, I mean, you could consider Conrad of the Staufa a a anti-king. Like, it really is full-blown. You know, he has some supporters, like Saxony, and Lothar has some supporters, so... yeah. yeah. But what uh, did uh, the Swabians, uh, the Hohenstaufen, they um, crowned an anti-king and uh, Frederick's younger brother, Conrad. Conrad was uh, not even crowned king. Um, He immediately fought in Italy for support for his kingship, which he found uh, especially in Milano, in... uh, Mm -hmm. Once uh, he was crowned uh, with the Iron Crown. Yeah, I did a whole episode on the Iron Crown just because yeah. I was like, it's so symbolic. If yes. it, it is crazy, like, why would this guy just go to Italy? Ooh, that's yeah, because if you get if you get there, if you put that crown on your head, it's kind of magic. It really was it's that important. Thing. Yeah, yeah, this was like. Charlemagne took this crown and blah 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 so it's weird you take a road trip to that museum steal it put it on your head bam king of Germany it's just magic so yeah but it not always works like bam and in this uh, case it didn't uh, work out well uh, because his plan to establish a solid power base in Italy failed yeah yeah. He, I guess he maybe he thought really it was meant like that's all I need is if I can just put the crown on my head. Let's go find out. Let's go to is it still in in Milan? Where's the? I thought it was in um, uh, oh wherever. Let's let's go. Let's go steal it from the museum and we'll be kings of Germany. Let's do it. <laughs> um, thirty. Yeah, but so he kind of gives up. What he's down there for like five years. But it's no. nice in Italy. Have sure, you ever been there? Yeah. Couple Welcome times. Spend. Oh, yeah. I miss the food. <laughs> the food is great and, and the beaches are nice and 
it, it's nice there. It's warm, and uh, I think I can pass five years there too. And you can you can get by in German with German in in some cities. So in eleven thirty two, he returned um, to Germany, as we told. His time is still to come. Remember mm -hmm. Conrad. And now we switch a little to Bohemia, and this is of course your part. This is like Tell where's us. Pete? We need uh, this is Bohemian. So we've yeah. actually mentioned this um, before. There was this whole like he went to Olomouz, uh, which is Olmutz or something, Olmutz in German, mm -hmm. something. And um, the, yeah, there was a couple of uh, battles in like Bohemia and Moravia. One was in Chlumets and uh, Zobieslav, which was the king at the time, like decisively kicked this German's butt, which. So on the Bohemian podcast, we make a big deal out of this because um, it's it's this time, or even let me back up on Reddit. Someone asked like a really interesting question, like why is there the Holy Roman Empire and there's the Kingdom of Bohemia, and even in um, the Austro-Hungarian uh, Empire there was Austria and Hungary, and then there's still like the Kingdom of Bohemia, which just came under the King of Austria. So the, the empire, emperor, and so, and there's a question: Is like, how is it that this Slavic chunk is missing from the German Empire? From you know, mm -hmm. north of uh, Silesia is like East Prussia, which was German, and south is Austria, which is very German, uh, and in the middle is like this Bohemian Slavic-speaking region. How? What? The answer is Sobieslav the first kicked Lothar's butt in 1125 so hard <laughs> that they still speak <laughs> Czech to this day like seriously like okay anyways um yeah uh, that, I mean that's you know and then of course there's a longer version of that this answer um Czechs are very you know they had to fight for it for a thousand years but yeah um this is like they they won battles and um they were able to yeah. to keep keep them out um, but in the meantime, yeah, so uh, in Lothar's lifetime, this is a, another very famous event, which is, it's kind of weird that we haven't been talking about, we mention a lot of popes, and it's kind of, we mention a lot of popes and anti-popes, and, um, oh, there's a pope in France, and there's a there's two popes in Rome, one in this castle, one in that castle, or there's the French-backed pope, or the, the Byzantinian-backed pope, um, and it's really weird, And and, but before this time... There was one Catholic church, and there was still kind of like uh, the the patriarch in like um, other countries and other cities, like maybe not Alexandria or Antioch anymore. But the the patriarch in Constantinople was still very powerful. You know, it was still yes. a, an archbishop. Finally, and we kind of think of this as like, well, it was just one church or whatever, but no, it was always kind of separate. It was always kind of weird. Um, and finally in 1130, um, is one more milestone that gives us today's Catholic church. There's one Pope and that guy is in Rome. Um, and that is the 1130, the schism of 1130, um, mm -hmm. when the church kind of split basically. Say so one, uh, uh, Pope died, Honorius II. And there were two promising candidates for the papacy. Uh, first, uh, yeah. Innocent II and Anaclet II. Uh, Innocent was supported by Bernard of uh, Clairvaux, by Louis uh, VI, Henry I, and 
a lot of noble uh, and high European uh, so leaders. So another, it is another anti-pope, but from different yeah. backers, maybe, or, yeah, okay, yeah. Slaughter was courted by both popes, good for him. You and, go, Lothar, yeah, seriously, that's awesome, uh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. And they both uh, told him uh, to do what he wanted the most. He wanted to be crowned right, as an yeah. emperor. Yeah. And you bribed the king? Make him, yep, make him emperor. Yeah. So, so Anaclet, by the way, was the one that was like walled up. Um, he was besieged in the St. Peter's Church Basilica, yes. whatever. So, uh, get crowned in the Lateran Basilica. Okay. Anaclet uh, successfully defended what, he, uh, Because he the was Peter's. in the Peter's Church. You're right, yeah. Uh, the, um, the Peter's Church, where uh, the emperors were crowned uh, so the most time, and so the coronation uh, had to take place at the Lateran Basilica, and there uh, Lothar um, took 1133 uh, June 4th the imperial crown from Innocent. Yeah. And shortly thereafter, Lothar went home, <laughs> and. Mm. And who cares? Oh, innocent! Oh, innocent gets kicked out of Rome. Oh, no, it doesn't matter. I'm already Kaiser. Like as yeah. soon as he leaves, Ki I mean, yeah, like yeah, without kind the of in a bad there. mood. <laughs> Jeez, that's kind of. Back in Germany, Lothar finally succeeded in 1135, thanks to the help of Henry the Proud, Which his is, uh, son-in-law. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say, when, when historians say he was politically clever and, like, he married his daughter cleverly, what? Well, yeah. So here, yeah. You know, his son-in-law comes and saves him. Heinrich der Stolze. <laughs> Henry the Proud. Proud. Yes. God, I bet and he was a... Oh, I don't want to have a beer with anybody yeah. named that. Like, oh, Heinrich, schon wieder. Jeez, shut up. To, together, yeah. they um, managed uh, to defeat uh, Stauffer. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Decisively. Yeah. Finally. Bam. Yeah. Um, but then Conrad was reappointed. Uh, he was uh, reappointed and he was again in the imperial favor and undertook to participate in the second Italian campaign of the emperor. So this lotter, since he was in the Reich, now uh, the undeniable ruler, made in 1133 with a much uh, larger army than the last time. In in fact, uh, Roger the Second as soon a thought uh, peace. Yeah, this whole thing. Yeah, because it was like so innocent. Innocent was chased out of Rome. Um, then there was some tension. So innocent is the one that crowned him, but there was some tension between like who um, if he should have. There's this region of southern Italy called Puglia, and like, is that innocence or not? Is that because really the the um, Normans held Southern... I mean, whatever. Anyways, yeah, there was some, like, internal strife between, like, Pope and Emperor, and, and he gave up, and he and he returns home. Yes, um, Lothar, yeah. Yeah, uh, he's like, okay, whatever. It was then when he died. I was gonna say, like, like yeah. this is like... And he does the auto thing, which is like, he goes to Italy, and he's like, oh, that was fun, I got my tan, uh, time to go <laughs> back to work and school, and then he just dies. Like... yeah. An idiot. What, do they all get malaria or something? What is wrong with these people? I don't... Uh, these German Kaisers that die in Italy. There's like, man, Italian... It must be like an Italian joke. Like, I... No, no, no. <laughs> he, he didn't uh, die in Italy. He made it... Just, uh, okay. Just like Italy shortly. Home. Yeah, gotcha. Yes, he was yeah. uh, still uh, back... Uh, back. What is uh, Germany today? Um, Technicality. But yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, I, yeah. 
Breitenbank, ja. deinen Breitenbank. And a month later, Anna Klett died too. And yeah. it was the end of the schism. So, yeah, uh, kind of anticlimactic. Innocent II yeah. is the only person left alive. So he's like, oh, I guess I'm Pope now. And yeah. in Germany, <laughs> there's some Stauffer that's like, hey, <laughs> I'm the only person left alive. Uh, but you're going to have to wait for that because that's that's <laughs> next time on the History of Germany podcast. No, yeah. So, so, yeah. So then, um, but that's right. So, you know, it is kind of anticlimactic. The Supplenburger dynasty is a one-man dynasty. Yeah. I think Lothar's story is pretty interesting. And I... I And I thought, like, I didn't just want to do an episode from, like, um, you know, Stauffer to, like, okay, just let's look at only the villagers and how did the... Because the towns changed in this last century and the crusade start, started. And I thought, no, let's do all of that separately. We'll look at castles separately and, and a bunch of things. Um, but Lothar, I was like, he's actually kind of neat. Uh, who is, like, he has this swamp castle, <laughs> marsh castle, whatever. It's a swamp castle. And he mm -hmm. becomes the German emperor, like actually gets crowned in Rome and, you know, the whole nine yards and no heirs. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of a weird story. Uh, the, mm -hmm. the emperor that could, the emperor that Germans forgot. Um, but yeah, so there you go. There's Lothar III, a one man, one man dynasty. Now, okay, before we get into the Staufa, we got like so many fun things we want to do as far as like... Um, episode on Yiddish, episode on castles, crusades. Uh, some of those are going to take a little bit of planning, like crusades. I want to get like Sharon Eastaw in here from the History of Crusades podcast and um, all kinds of stuff on the horizon. Definitely give the History of the Vikings uh, podcast a listen. They're a great friend of the show and uh, definitely there's some, I know we're kind of past that time now, but Uh, I've just have been having a blast listening to the history of the Vi history of the Vikings podcast, and you know we kind of touched on that, and yeah, so yeah. give them a listen. And besides that, so then we'll kind of come back to we'll do crusades and castles and Yiddish, and um, I think there's an heirloom or two that I'm forgetting besides those, and we'll come back with uh, a new mini series. This one on very a very exciting. Dynasty. So other than like uh, Charlemagne, Ch Charles the Great, I really, if you know who Barbarossa is and like this great, these crusader kings sort of, uh, yes. we're getting into that era. Actually, Barbarossa is maybe one of the only Kaisers that Americans might have heard of. Like, oh yeah, it wasn't Barbarossa yeah, I'm, some... Because he's also really... a pirate, so there's, there's another Barbarossa, <laughs> so don't get confused now, but... Um, Yeah. No, no, right? we talk about the German Emperor Barbarossa. Yeah, and I uh, really like look Frederick the Great, Barbarossa. Even if people play video games, it's like okay, you know Frederick the Great, you know Barbarossa, yeah. you know, you know. So like, yeah, cool. So the the Staufer, wait, Hohenstaufen is a that's a like a Swabian dynasty, right? Am I? The Hohenstaufen is a a mountain in in, in Swabia where the castle of the Staufers. So Where? are the Stalfas like Swabians or did they come yeah. from? So are you are you proud of the Stalfa heritage as a proud Swabian or you don't you don't care? It's my home it's my dynasty. Home. Yes, uh, it's my home and it's a great story. But all I'm not Saxons, proud of all these Saxons, all these Franks. Yay, yes. Swabians! But uh, let's say I'm not proud to be German because 
I haven't nah, done proud's anything. the wrong word. I understand that. Yeah, no, I. That's yeah, yeah. I understand that completely. Proud's the wrong word. It's more like it's, it's more like um, because it's where you grew up. You're like you're from Swabia, yes, so it's like, hey, this is. Have you like have you been to the castle? Have you been to? Oh, uh, there there are no remains of the castle. Is that a spoiler? <laughs> really? It's just gone? Yeah, gone? It's, it's gone. It's okay. Still well, well, okay. We'll get there. Left, we'll get yeah. there. We'll talk about that. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. I, so, you know, it's kind of like we had the Franks had their turn, Saxons, Franks again, uh, and then and now, now the finally, Swabians. finally yeah, to the Swabians. Yeah. Um, Anyways, Barbarossa is definitely one of the more interesting characters. Uh, good old oh, Kaiser okay. Kaiser Redbeard. Yeah. Um, oh, definitely. I'll. I know. I already mentioned it, but yes, there is an heirlooms Abstücke T-shirt. There's a new uh, History of Germany hat. Not as many as I sh- there should be because I just don't have the time to like create these products. But um, we got a great deal on vendors we got great uh, so we have like new merchandise like for the first time we have like embroidered hats and all that and we have our first abstracke design which is like great <laughs> like her- yeah awesome. like german hieroglyphs i made sure like pickle was first because we just did that episode yeah. um there's like a pretzel and you know it's like it's german hieroglyphs is kind of the idea the name of the game um but we got our first t-shirt out and uh, there- there'll be more coming soon um, and there's, there's just, we got some more Bohemian designs, like Think Before You Defenestrate, a new one. The art is amazing. If you haven't seen our stuff before, we do, like, we don't do this stuff ourselves. We're not that artistic. Uh, uh, we have a really great graphic designer, and she's just, like, more talented than, than all of us. And so it really yes. is, really, she's and it's great. She's really. fantastic. And, and we, it's yeah. like, it's funny. Some of these designs are, like, they're witty. Um, so, yeah, definitely go check out. That is, um... Podcastnik shop, nice and easy. Podcastnik, podcast n i k shop. Podcastnikshop.com, or just go to podcastnik.com, and there's a link. And uh, check out the Epstika T-shirt. Like, yeah, I cool. really love her designs. It's she's so great. She can like read my mind. I'm like, uh, oh, there's a new secret cabinet design. Anyways, yeah, yeah, just, just, just do us a favor. Go check it out. I'm really shop. looking com. forward. In some weeks, I will visit um, a place which is uh, related uh, to Barbarossa. Uh, going to to the Kyffhäuser. We will yes. talk about this. Yes, and I visit. I will visit uh, the monument and the Barbarossa caves. And it's just a little spoiler. We will uh, talk about this in an heirloom episode, and I think it will be great and uh, then uh, i can tell you much more better about uh, this whole stuff when uh, i visited and saw all this cool. uh, by myself yeah really it's pretty amazing we got you did oh by the way there is a youtube channel kind of up and running in the make pete has more videos up on the bohemian channel oh um, which is linked to great on, yeah like actually yeah. so pete is stupid good with videos he's really doing some talented uh, he's bleeding for it. So go check out the Bohemian <laughs> YouTube channel. But maybe we'll make Judith, like, put a camera in her hand and take some shots for us of, of some of these places um, and then, you know, make a video out of it somehow. But um, I can I can try. I think I will, of course, uh, podcast um, when I'm there, tell you what also, I want yeah, to see, give us a what's, stand up what's and, going yep. on, and, yes. uh, yeah, bring, bring home some Atmo... And yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be awesome. Yep. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm of not, course. so I'm not, I'm not cool Swabian like you. But when I was a kid, for a little bit, I did live on the Kifhäuserstraße. So, so there. Oh, uh, this counts too. Yeah. All right. Of course. I thought so. Yeah. It was Munich, but <laughs> whatever. Uh, this was uh, the today's episode about a lotter. So uh, thank you for listening, and goodbye. Till next time to the History of Germany podcast. Tschüss. Tschüss. Danke schön. Guten Tag, liebe Frau. Es hat mich sehr gefreut. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.